saying, Are you ready? I always wanted to try something like that. Well, today on the podcast, what does a podcaster, community leader, author, and most important dad? That is my guest today, Anthony Hayes, next on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast. Silent Dad Podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley, and I'm a dad and a parent just like you. I want to say thank you for being here. I know as a dad and a parent, our time is limited. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, welcome. This is a podcast about having a conversation about being a dad and issues and topics related to being a parent and a dad. This will be a weekly podcast that can have some sense of community for dads and parents. There will be interviews, topics about being a dad and a good parent. We're all going through the same stuff. I love being a dad, and I love the journey. I know dad stuff and parent stuff is not easy. I am not an expert, just a dad on a journey trying to take one day at a time in this crazy world. My guest today on the podcast is Anthony Hayes. He's an author of the book Science of Being and also a podcaster over over at Podcast Discovery Center. He's one of the community leaders in the, the Facebook group. Most important thing, he's a dad. Also, please pardon the audio. I just had a little bit of technical difficulty with my s- internet last night, and some of the audio may be kind of a little wonky when it comes to listening, but majority of it is great content from Anthony. So let's jump right into the interview. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Joe, man. Great to talk to you again. Um, tell me a little about, your, about your, yourself and um, about your podcast. I know you're also a podcaster, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm 32. I reside in sunny South Florida. Um, and like you said, I am a father. My daughter's two years old now, which is totally awesome. Um, so I know you can relate to the terrible twos. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and I do have a, a podcast. I started up podcasting about three, going on three years, actually, in December. And, um, you know, uh, I kind of stumbled into podcasting. I didn't really know what it was, and I did not really have a direction at first. I kind of was just learning about it, kind of seeing what podcasting was all about. I love to listen to them. Um, I love the content other people were putting out, and I was like, when I found out that I could do that or anybody could do that, um, I was very intrigued by the process, and I started podcasting that day, and that was three years ago. And um, the three years have been quite a learning curve um, and uh, definitely still learning every day with the technology and the hiccups I know we all go through on a daily basis. So, um, you know, in, in the, uh, in the process, we, uh, well, my uh, partner and I, Scott uh, Doucette, he, um, we were talking one day and we're like, yo, let's start a podcast community so we can learn and other people can learn and we can exchange information and I think it would just be a cool like like venture and that was nine months ago it was, it's almost been a year actually since we started that and um, we're we've grown by like a hundred members a month so we're at like a thousand a little over a thousand members and it's been it's been totally awesome man just to to not only really learn from other people 
but to be able to provide any knowledge or, you know, little, little knowledge that I think I do have, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm in it too. I'm learning about it too. So uh, you know, anything that we can do for everybody is, uh, is our pleasure really. I first met you down at podcast mid Atlantic and you kind of intrigued me. You were very friendly and, um, I really do appreciate that because it was my really first podcast conference. And then I didn't realize how a bunch of, when a bunch of podcasts get together, how friendly they actually are. And, um, I did meet you and, and your girl. I think it's your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you met you guys, and and I, I really appreciate that because it made me feel comfortable within the group, and I really do appreciate that. Oh yeah, it was it was such a great time, and uh, that was actually my first podcast conference too. So I'm um, just, uh, and unfortunately, I didn't get to meet everybody, oh, which I would have loved to. But um, I really, you know, next year is a different, a different story. But it was great to uh, definitely great to chop it up with you there, and uh, you know. Glad to be here with you today. So it's just, it's all about that connection, man. That first connection, it goes a long way, you know? Yeah, it, it does, actually. Um, I, I have a question about, about, a little about your book, the, author, um, the Science of Being. What is that about? Yeah, um, well, The Science of Being is basically a 10-year a journey um, in my life through uh, major clinical depression. So the book itself really started to take place over a decade ago when I started documenting my um emotions and all the craziness I was going on in my life at that time. And, uh, since I, since I started writing it, um, it, uh, was basically a memoir, um, type genre, but because it wasn't the traditional memoir length, um, according to, you know, writing and, uh, publishing standards, I, uh, I decided to kind of pivot the book into more of a self-development book. So what I did was I, you know, I talked about my own journeys and struggles with my emotions and then, um, how other people can learn from my mistakes or, um, you know, see the, um, everything that since, since those instances have happened, see everything that I've been able to accomplish or the, change in mindset that I've been able to, to develop. And, uh, it's, that's the, the science of being is ultimately, um, the science of me being myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes it's um, difficult to be yourself in certain situations and, and being yourself to actually be yourself. And, and it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, finding your authentic self. Um, and I know you heard that, that term a lot at the, the podcast conference, you know, being your authentic self. And I think uh, a lot of people have difficulty doing that, myself included. There's days where I'm like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to be today. Am I going to be, you know, super dad or am I going to be podcaster guy? You know, we all have these hats we put on. Uh, am I going to be worker guy? I got to go to work today. Um, so I think in essence, we all have um, uh, struggles with that being authentic. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if you can, if you can really hone in on whatever that skill is or that passion or that, so, um, yeah, I think just, just doing, you know, being able to find your authentic self, I, I think that's an ever evolving thing. I don't think that's, you can't just wake up one day and be like, Oh, I'm going to be this guy, or I was meant to be this guy. I think it's something we learn every day. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've had similar, similar, um, instances in your life being a father and, you know, getting into podcasting and, and all these different journeys we take. But, uh, you know, the most important thing is you just, you just follow what your gut tells you. And if it's to do these things and to, uh, to be that way, then that's who you really are deep down. Well, it's, it's, it's true. Being a dad, I guess you, you understand that, that 
we um, are always busy. <laughs> it's always busy 24-7. I mean, it's the greatest job, but it also can be the toughest job at times when you when you have a million things going a million different directions. Oh, man. Yeah, I... I don't I don't know when to stop I uh, I have to sometimes I sometimes have to tell myself um, okay you need to sleep or you need to eat because um, you, you need to refuel because you got another couple hours to go uh, yeah you, you can't stop man it's 24 7 you're right well it's funny you say that because you know the thing is not to have your cell phone by your bed or check Twitter at 3 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> but I have to roll over and I see Anthony putting out a tweet or a Facebook post and I'm like this guy, do you ever sleep? Uh, yeah. Um, I, y- yes and no. <laughs> um, it, it's funny because I, I really, I went through a time um, where I actually had an um, insomnia, um, bouts of it, not at extended periods of time, but I would go like a couple days here and there over the years. And I literally would not sleep for days. And it was a terrible, terrible situation to be in. Um, but I've, you know, since been able to, um, to, break that um whole insomnia thing but i think um what you're referring to is just the um the the me me not being able to shut off at this at this point just because i always want to you know what what new project can i start or um you know because i blog you mentioned i blog you know we're talking about being dads i love to blog about my daughter so if i'm going to bed and then i'm like oh man something great happened today it sparked a um a little bit of um uh, you know, uh, uh, writing um, something to write about. I'll, I'll like start blogging in, in, in the middle of the night or something. So that's that's what I'm doing at that point. I probably got inspired to to crank out a blog post. I think I did that the other night though. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> I just I popped out of bed and I was like, oh man, I I we had a, I had an epiphany. I'm gonna write something. So that's kind of how my creativity comes. It comes in spurts. There's one question I've been, I was um, reading your um, bio on your website, and I really was interested in it. Is you, were, you traveled the world as a professional DJ and a break dancer. I found that very interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about that. I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it, you know, it is, and, it, and it's something that I always forget to include in, in my conversations with people because um, – well, it was, well, first of all, it was a while ago. It was about 10 years ago. Um, but it was such a huge part of my life. And I actually wish I would bring it up because it's it's kind of a cool, it was a cool adventure. And I, I started doing that. I was like, I was 13 years old. And I did it all the way through, I think it was about 21. Yeah, it was about 21 when I, when I called it quits. But yeah, I got to go to Puerto Rico and all over the United States doing that. And um you know, doing parties and um, corporate events for big companies and uh, being in the entertainment industry was it was a it was truly truly a cool experience um, and uh, yeah definitely thanks for bringing that up because I always I always forget to bring that up for some reason <laughs> I don't know why it just it just stood out to me it just that, that one thing I'm like I gotta ask you that question because it stood out to me yeah yeah it was it was cool um, back to I guess back to being a father I guess. What is your biggest struggle as being a dad? What is, what is you struggle with as a dad? Ooh, um, yeah, that would be uh, my my emotional response. Um, any emotional response that I have, because it's 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 a problem for me to begin with, um, because of the depression and the anxiety and stuff. Um, but that initial response or reaction with my emotions when it comes to handling situations 
definitely has been the most difficult task and it continues to be, um, you know, trying to shift that energy or that emotion into a positive, um, direction is, is definitely been a, a huge undertaking, um, as I'm sure it is for everybody else. I'm no different. I just happen to have a little bit of a more difficult time. Um, but, uh, you know, just trying not to respond with anger or, you know, trying to, to find ways to learn or teach, um, things and, and kind of just figuring out how to be a dad. Cause I've never been a dad before. And all the books I've read on being a dad are, it's, they're pretty like common sense and they helped me none whatsoever. So I think, I think, I mean, really, you know, um, all those books out there, they're kind of wacky. Um, in that sense, they didn't really do anything for me. I think you just got to learn it and live it. And your, um, for me, mostly I noticed that my instincts kind of took over and everything that I remember when I was being it, when I was a child growing up that, inadvertently I was being taught I'm now passing those traditions or those lessons on to my daughter and it kind of just it was instinct it, it didn't really uh, it, it didn't really happen one way or the other it was just like this situation wait I feel like I've went through this before oh yeah my dad used to do that with me and it was just it was like one of those lights went off and it was a uh, it was a pretty cool experience to be able to uh to do this, it's, it's difficult, but, um, it's, it's, I wouldn't trade her for the world. She's so amazing. Well, one question I'd like to ask you is, um, what was it like growing up? Did you role model after your dad or your parents? How, how did you learn to be a dad? Yeah. Um, it was kind of, um, kind of a split way of life for me because my parents were divorced at a very, I was a very, very young when that happened. So, you know, my dad was always around, so don't, you know, don't get me wrong, I would always visit him, he would always come to pick me up, or uh, I would go visit him, you know, for holidays, I was always with him, and then it got to a point where we actually moved, my mom and I moved to Florida, so I didn't get to see my dad all the time, but I did get to see him, but I did get to see him on my summer, winter breaks, and that, you know, that bond that we had was... I'd say it kind of dissipated over the years where, you know, because we weren't together on a daily or weekly basis, that there was parts of me that he didn't know about, that he didn't get to see develop. And as, you know, as years went on, as I got older, my father actually moved to the same state that I, he retired and he moved down to Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm 32 now. So having grown up and going through things that he can relate to now, such as, you know, divorce or being a dad, our, our, between, at least my relationship with my dad and I has been, has flourished. Um, and he's been there for me on so many different occasions that, um, I, uh, I'm like forever indebted to him with, with that. But growing up, I mean, I had a great childhood, despite the fact that my parents were divorced. Um, always had a roof over my head, always had clothes on my back. And, um, I have a lot of great memories, definitely, that I can remember. I can actually relate to that because um, I come from a divorced family myself and not having the um, really non-existent relationship with my father. So basically, when I had my son, they just feel like it was a clean slate so I can go, I can basically make it up as I go or just do my, like you, instinct and just go with my instinct. And, um, and because who knows at the end, like your, your daughter's two and my son's three, 
basically I'll know in about 15 years if I actually did something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're just waiting for that day. It's like, okay, well, what are you going to become? Um, I hope it's something successful. But no, they will. They will because that that all these with all this wisdom that we're um, you know injecting into them unknowingly, it's going to it's going to take over one day, and they're gonna they're definitely gonna be successful. I, I know that much. How did um, the divorce, your family divorce, your parents divorce, did it ever affect you as being as you were becoming a dad? Does it affect you at all? Or um, yes, it it did actually because prior to the birth of my daughter, I was actually married and divorced uh, to another woman. So for me. Um, falling into that um, statistic was a was a big deal. You know, it was a big deal. I, I didn't want to be, you know, go through what my dad went through and stuff like that. But um, luckily for me, on the other side of it, and it's got a it's got a very positive um, outcome. Was going through that divorce, I was able to meet my now girlfriend, and we were able to have this beautiful daughter. So, you know, without going through divorce and knowing about it and how it affects people i i wouldn't know the right and wrong ways of how to build a relationship and a family so i i've got it from both ends of the spectrum where i i know what it takes to fail and, I, and i'll never do that again so um for me this has been a really uh, eye-opening experience becoming a dad yeah and what was <laughs> this funny thing i mean when my, my uh, son was born i was before he was born i was like Oh, I can no problem. I can handle it. I can handle this no problem. And all of a sudden, he wheels him, up, wheels him into me, going, "Here you go." I'm like, "Oh boy, I got the oh, what's that?" <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you're when you before your daughter was born, but when your your girlfriend was delivering the baby? What was it like your when the experience before that, and all of a sudden when they go, "Here, here you go. Here's your daughter." What was what was that experience like for you? I was like, I had so many. Um mixed emotions going on i was happy i was excited i was so anxious um towards the right before she was born i know i was so anxious i was like oh my god when's she gonna get here when's she gonna get here like i want to meet her already i want to see what she looks like um the whole process in and of itself was um for me made me value not that i didn't already but made me just appreciate and value women so much more and what they have to go through um to make these these beautiful little people uh, <laughs> that are children. And um, so that was like the during and then the after, like when they put her in the little, um, the warmer and a clean, after she was, you know, they were cleaning her off, washing her. Um, I was, I just cried. I was like, I grabbed my mother-in-law and I was just like, oh my God, like, what is the, like, is this mine? Can I keep it? Um, and I was just, I, I, I lost it. I was I was so happy that I just I just started crying. And um, if I know if I think about her hard enough at any point during the day, I'll start crying in, in happiness because she's she means that much to me. It was funny. I mean, everybody, especially us dads, when the first the child was first born and in the hospital, did um, were any funny like funny stories of like you going a mistake or something you did that you're like oh I, I like I feel like the worst dad in the world for doing that. Like any mistakes in the beginning that you thought there was kind of funny stories you can tell later? Um, yeah, I actually, I did something funny while we were in the hospital. Um, my doctor left his stethoscope <coughs> on the computer. And, you know, at that point, the, uh, 
your wife or your your um, significant other is probably given drugs to you know help soothe them, and it it kind of makes them a little loopy. So I proceeded to take the stethoscope, put it on my neck, and I recorded a video um, telling telling the world about how don't worry, um, I've got everything under control, and that I've watched um, ER and House on TV, and I'm definitely I'm definitely qualified to deliver this baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I made a video of that and you know showed it to her later. And uh, I think I put, I think I put it. I'm almost ninety percent sure I put it on Facebook, and uh, you know for everybody to see it. It was it was a big hit. It was pretty funny, and uh, it was all in good fun. It wasn't uh, you know anything malicious, but I think everybody enjoyed that. So that was kind of a fun little goofy story that happened during that time. What does a typical day feel like as as you you and your girlfriend and your daughter? What is a typical day for you um, during the week or in the weekend? What's a typical day? In one word, hectic. And event event filled, to say the least. But um, you know, I uh, aside from doing all these side projects and podcasting and writing and stuff, uh, and meeting you know uh, other podcasters and networking with you guys, um, I do have a a job as a I'm in leadership at a a grocery a retailer. Um, so. Um, my girlfriend actually works for the same company, and she's in she's in management as well. So, our um, you know our situation is is kind of unique that we have a wonderful babysitter, that we um, a private babysitter. So, you know, between the hustle and the bustle of getting to work and um, having to you know be there and and um, you know provide and everything, we're so lucky to have such a such a wonderful person to take care of Violet when we're not around and you know we switch off with the you know we always make compromises she'll pick her up or I'll, I'll drop her off or depending on our work schedules I mean it's it's hectic and we do a lot of running around but um our daughter's happy and that at the end of the day all of that's worth it to see that smile on her face you know I mean some days we start at four o'clock in the morning uh depending on the day of the week and uh we'll go till you know, midnight, it's just, it really depends because retail is a kind of not a nine to five job. And so for us, um, we, we, we find a way to make it work. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how some days, but we, we do. And, um, that time that we do spend outside of work with each other today was a great example. We went to the library, we went to lunch and we got some pizza and, um, you know, being able to enjoy that time on our off on our off days is uh, it makes it all worthwhile. I just got to ask you, what was the temperature today? Oh, it was so beautiful. We've had like the most putrid, disgusting summer, and I've been in Florida for 20 years. This summer was by far the worst, and I think the the records, the temperature records, were will show that, and the weather um, um, the Weather Channel definitely will reflect that sentiment but uh today it was gorgeous it was sunny out there was a little bit of a breeze it probably was like 80 degrees if that but it was days like this is what makes me love it being here um but the summer was was really it was really something um um, and well i'm from up up north i'm from new york and she's from up north as well so um 
I don't mind it when it gets cold. I, I definitely love it. That little cold snap for a week that we get once a year is definitely cool. But um, today was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous day. I can totally. I mean, I'm, I'm from the Northeast. I'm from New Hampshire. So I can. We're going right through. The, we're starting well in the middle of fall right now. So it's getting cool in the evenings, and kind of like 60 degrees during the day. So we kind of we'll start missing the 80 degrees in a couple of weeks when the snow starts falling. Yeah, yeah definitely. I miss I miss the snow. Yeah. Um, I was also uh, wondering too. Is also you have Daddy Diary blog. Is that about your journey about being a dad with your daughter? Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Um, I started that right after it was. It was very, very close to um, right after the baby was born, and I at first I was like. Okay, I think I like I didn't find a lot of resources out there for fathers, and I was like, oh, I think it would be cool to start one, and you know I could compile all this information. And then over time, what I realized is that the the journey was um, really mine with my daughters, as opposed to an informational resource for other people. But in that, I thought that, or I it 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 just so happens that other people can relate to the the things that I write about. Um, so it is kind of helping people in a way. Um, and you know, I've documented the the process of the the hospital visit and uh, you know when we had the baby the, after the delivery and the two years in between then and now, you know, growing up, having the baby grow up and just being able to document that information to look at later, I thought was a, a great just a great idea. and um I definitely recommend more fathers doing something similar. Yeah, I agree. I agree that, that um, a blog and a journal is kind of nice to have to later on down the road. That when your daughter gets older or, or fathers get older, I mean the daughter, I mean their kids get older, they can give them their daughter or son their their journal, basically their blog, and they can read what happened when they were younger. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a cool medium, and no matter what type of writing you do, um, whether it's just a notepad or um, a post-it note or a blog, for instance. Uh, writing is really therapeutic, and I think, especially as fathers, you know, um, when it comes to emotions, we're always um, perceived to be the big, tough, you know, manly man, and we have to we have to provide for our families and uh, <laughs> all that sort of thing. But you know, we do have emotions too, and <laughs> um, I, it's okay to get those out. And it's actually recommended to get those those emotions out because you don't want to keep those bottled up. So if you can write them down or, you know, if you can talk them out, you know, like, for instance, on a podcast or with friends or family, I think it's really important to confront those emotions because keeping them bottled up is really unhealthy. So that's kind of what I was trying to do. I was trying to unload all that, all those things that were going on in my head in that process. I have another interesting question about, um, I know that you, you um, dealt with depression, clinical depression. What? What is um, some mindset tips that, tips that you would have for people like trying to put them in a better frame of mind? Yeah, there's a there's a couple um, that I, I touch on. I blog about. I talk about on my podcast and then in the book as well. Is um, there's definitely a lot of things that you can at least get some temporary relief for when you're going through some tough emotional turmoil. Um, and it can be, you know, anger, depression. It really, it really touches on everybody. Um, one of the things that I, I like to do is get up and get out. That's that's the first thing. Is a, I always recommend people get up, get out. Um, you know, because um, sun is like nature's Prozac. So 
being out in the sun is like a natural antidepressant or a natural um, intake inhibitor, where it actually it'll, it'll you know it'll boost you up a little bit. That sunshine hitting your face. So you know if you have a, a pet like a dog or something, you know go take him on a walk, get out of that funk, um, and. I, I hate when people would always say, oh, why, why, why don't you just snap out of it? It doesn't really work like that. So if you use little tools like that, like getting up, getting out, um, another one is like jumping in the shower. Jump in a shower, get get uh, get refreshed, refresh yourself. That's another quick tip. And then um, the third tip for me that personally that's worked a lot has been music. I love, love, love music, um, upbeat. Uh, mostly pop stuff, but um, I have a few artists that I really listen to. But uh, it's amazing what music can do to your overall frame of mind and well-being. So if you've got some some jams that you like to to tune up or get pumped up uh, up to, music is always a really quick fix to get out of any funk or to to really kind of change your your mind or your thoughts or just get lost in the music. I think music is is underrated and a lot of people um, don't don't take advantage of the amazing um, artists out there and lyrics and, and beats that are, that are being produced on a daily basis. So if you get, um, if you get some headphones, put them in, turn up that volume, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of I mean, type of music, like what's, what artists do you usually listen to? Um, me personally, I, um, I love Lindsay Sterling. She's, um, she's a place, um, violin, but she actually plays over like dubstep and like really upbeat music and beats, which is like, it's amazing. It like blows my mind. So that's always fun because that one in particular, Lindsay Sterling, she doesn't have lyrics, she just plays music. So that's always wonderful. And the violin is a beautiful instrument to begin with. So Lindsay Sterling's a lot of fun. I love um, Blake Lewis. And I also love um, Savage Garden and Darren Hayes. Mm-hmm. So going going back to you know like the the '90s pop era, I find a lot of um, comfort in those poppier kind of upbeat songs. Kind of before the record companies ruined everything. Um, <laughs> uh, so those are those are like my three go-to. Um, and then the fourth would be probably Modest Yahoo, who's uh, like kind of like a reggae artist, like modern. Yeah, a little bit of reggae. That's always kind of like a fun little funky thing to kind of to mix it up. So I love I love those guys. They're my my top four. It's funny you say that. One of the songs my son liked when he was especially before one years old was Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. And oh he, yeah. He used to always calm him down, and we I'd sing it, and now he tells me, "Daddy, no more. You can't sing anymore, Daddy. No more." Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Bob Marley's great. I love Bob Marley. Well, I don't know if we talked and touched a little bit, but um, I was wondering, you also have a podcast, Me, Myself, and iRadio, and I was curious, how did you come about getting that title for that podcast, for your podcast? Yeah, um, well, one, it's, um, going back a couple of years ago, it was the title of like one of my favorite songs, but I also, with the whole like experience of like writing and uh, trying to get the a book written and process those emotions very early on. Um, the then like the whole concept of like the me myself and I elements of of our you know of each other and of ourselves um, kind of really really took a stronghold. I would say the initial spark was definitely that um, a song 
entitled Me, Myself, and I. Um, and then the whole concept of Me, Myself, and I radio was like me documenting the journey, um, or it, it, which I'm still doing, um, it, you know, documenting that, that self-discovery and self-development elements of myself. So that would be like the Me, Myself, and I, um, you know, just uh, I would say like the Me is your past, the myself is current day and the I portion is what you're going to be or what you're going to do in the future. And I think that, um, that's not just me. That's, that's everybody. So the, the, the title itself sound of kind kind of sounds self-centered, but it's actually meant to be the complete opposite, um, of that, which is, is very ironic. So, <laughs> um, one, one question I was interested in because me being a new podcaster myself and, um, do you have any like, self-doubt when you started recording oh i still do um yeah absolutely um i um i found a lot of comfort and i learned a lot of things through youtube tutorials um but not 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 only that so much i think for me actually getting on other people's podcasts and then listening back to myself converse with these amazing individuals that i look up to actually really helped me with my own podcasting skills because I would listen back to to myself um you know talk to people and I'd, I'd be like wow I said that 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 kind of sounds cooler I sounded like an idiot there um so from both ends of the spectrum being able to to just chop it up with somebody and um kind of hear back yourself because you were our own worst enemy right our own worst critic uh so that for me was actually um, where you think it would be, I would be overly self-critical. It's actually helped me to just kind of take a step back and just be like, oh, let's just get on here, podcast, and whatever I talk about, I talk about. And um, finding that authentic self and connecting with people really helped me to um, to conquer those self-doubts. But to say I'm completely over it, no, absolutely not. I think um, I think that that whole fear of putting yourself out there is something that's, that's really never going to go away. You're always going to have those butterflies in your stomach or whatever you want to call them. But, um, it's all, it's all an evolution. It's, it's all going to great things are going to come out of it no matter what. So that's the way I kind of look at it. It was kind of like at the, uh, podcast middle in a conference when they had the, um, creative, um, five minute podcast and, um, me and the two other gentlemen went up there and I had no, really no idea what I was doing, but it was, it was fun. It was tr- be creative and put yourself in an in uncomfortable position because you're never going to learn if you don't put yourself out there and, and, and try. Yeah, it was it was so cool. And you know what? Initially, because um, I knew that they were going to do that because they did that last year. Going into it, I, like I was telling myself, oh yeah, that'd be so cool to do. And then when I got there, I was like, uh, I wasn't sitting near people I knew, like the people that I was, because um, I knew quite a few people. Um, through like social media and, and stuff like that. But, um, the few people that I did actually get to sit next to, well, I met them there for the first time. And I was like, Oh man, this is, I don't know if this is such a good idea. What if we don't know what we're doing or, uh, what if we suck or what if we're great or, and I had all these like doubts at that current point, And then it got to the, to the level that really like, um, yeah, Anthony, what do you think? What, what should we do? What should our topic be? And, and we just started, like this brainstorming and then I was like, wow, this is actually going to be awesome. And, uh, the whole process 
for me, it was kind of the same thing where, you know, any time getting up in front of a group of people is, is scary. But uh, once you have a great support system around you and other guys or girls, I think it it kind of takes that fear and it, it uh, spreads it a, amongst all of you so it doesn't really feel so heavy on, on your own shoulders. So that was kind of a cool process for me too. It was also interesting too to meet some of my favorite pod, like podcasters. And um, I even like my first check into the hotel, all of a sudden I turn around and it goes, hey, there goes Dave. Dave Jackson. <laughs> I'm like, oh. and I'm like, that's oh. so funny. I did the same exact thing. And then in the conference, I'm like, how's Bernie doing? <laughs> the <cat>. Right? <laughs> yeah. And um, I know it's it's a small world, but yeah, that was that was a great experience. Well, um, I don't know if anything we didn't touch on. I don't know if you want to share anything, anything you would like to touch on to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't, I can't think of anything that really comes to mind. I mean, I'm glad to answer any, anything additional and shed some insight on it. But, uh, yeah, just it's been a whirlwind uh, be, <laughs> trying to learn how to be a dad. I think you're definitely um, understanding of that. So for me, it was just it's, it's, a, it's an everyday thing. I don't think it's going to ever get easier. Um, I think it's, I think every day is going to be a challenge. Um, but, uh, it's, it's our duty. It's our duty to, to craft these little people and mold them. So, you know, to, to any dad out there new or, uh, going, going to soon to be dads even, um, that might be listening. I would say that, um, you know, find resources, find, you know, like this podcast or, you know, other podcasts or, you know, there may be some good books. I kind of like poo-pooed on the books <laughs> earlier, but you know, there may be some good ones that I didn't read. Um, so I definitely would try to find resources and engage yourself in some type of dadly community. I know in our, um, in our hospital that we have the baby, there's actually, there was groups for fathers there, you know, learning how to become a father and, I think they even taught you how to change diapers. So there's there's definitely cool resources and communities out there to involve yourself in in groups and so forums and Facebook communities. So um, one like one big takeaway for for the show today would be to to find these other dads like you that are going through the same thing, and uh, you'd be surprised that there's a lot of other ones out there. I mean, actually, it's true. I mean, when you have a lot of mommy bloggers, and I didn't realize how much of how big of the dad community actually is. And um, I, I want to say thank you very much, Anthony, for being on today. And um, where can they find you? Oh yeah, I um, just uh, rebuilt my website, and all the information I always just send people there. I'm, I don't give out all my information because you probably won't remember all of it. Um, but the best, like the hub and the epicenter of everything I do. And everything we spoke about today is at me, myself, and I radio.com. And from there, you can access the blogs, the podcast, and connect with me on social media or what have you. And um, glad to uh, glad to be here today and uh, appreciate coming on. Thanks, Andy. Have a good evening. Yeah, you do the same. Well, thank you very much for listening to the, the interview with Anthony Hayes. You can find all the episode show notes over at nosittingonthesideline.com. Feel free to comment on the podcast. All comments help improve the podcast. 
you want to reach out to me, any questions, concerns, you can email me at joe at no sitting on the sideline dot dad podcast. Actually, it's no sitting on the sideline. Also, you can find me on Twitter at NSOS dad podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Until next time, have fun, get involved with your children.